Bibles. Let me just share a few minutes here with you again tonight. Uh, I guess I got a little more than a few minutes. I got almost an hour. Wow, that's awesome. I don't know if I'll use it a lot. I probably will. If you don't know me, I probably will. Because I have no problem camping out on verses. Uh, turn to Romans chapter 4. Romans 4. Now we have been discussing and preaching on the subject of faith. And it doesn't have to be a mystery, especially this last week. Didn't we have fun last week in the Word? Amen. Talking about how Jesus and His faith uh, helped us to get in on this thing. Amen? Amen? And we talked much about the coattails of Jesus, getting in on the coattails of the Lord. You know, all the, all the blessing I receive, all the blessing I have is really because of my affiliation. Like they used to say the old cliche, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Yeah. That's really true in Christianity. Yeah. But, but because there's there's a lot of things that a new convert doesn't really know yet, maybe about the Christian life or the scriptures or the Bible, they're just learning the Bible. They don't even know where to start reading and stuff like that, you know. But but in a position they are in as a new believer, they have everything. Come on, and so it's it's not about their merits, but it's about Jesus and His merits. Amen. And what He did for us. Amen. But we've been talking about all the different things of faith, and I hope you've been. Uh, I tuned in today a little bit on the live stream. I had I had never uh, got to listen. I never plugged in there and listened to OBC's uh, live stream on the internet, and and I saw that they had uh, part one up, and I guess they'll be getting part two from last week, and then they'll eventually get this evening's on there too, which is awesome. So uh, just come on um, and get in the word with me here for a little bit tonight. Now, when you talk about the subject of faith. You pretty much have to think about Abraham, okay? We we we, uh, we talked a lot about him last week, especially, and had fun talking about him. And all those people in Hebrews 11 that that, that, that that pastor was talking about a while ago, they were all listed there. But here in chapter 4, I want us to go to verse 16. There's an incident that took place in his life, in Abraham's life, when God came and promised him that they would have a child. Now you have to understand... <clears throat> Abraham was almost 100 years old. And um, let me just make a few statements here. And I won't have to turn these verses. We, we will get to this in a little bit, okay? We're going to go here. But I want to make a few statements about Abram, a.k.a. later, Abraham. Okay? Abraham means father of a multitude. Now, God changed his name from Abram to Abraham. Now you hear people talking about a subject called confession. Confession of the Word. Confession of what God said. People will say we need to have a good confession. A, we need to have a positive confession. Now let me tell you a little bit about history about confession. Confession isn't just the things we hear preached a lot today. I will say the things we hear preached today are good and they're scriptural. But in a long-term view of confession, you go back to the Roman Empire. When a Christian was told back then to confess Jesus Christ, it wasn't just coming up to an altar and praying a prayer after some preacher, have a hand the Father Jesus' name, have a Father Jesus' name. I confess that Jesus is Lord. I confess that Jesus is Lord. Now there's nothing wrong with that. That's Sometimes we lead people to the Lord and we, we have them make a a public confession. 
Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father. So there's nothing wrong with that. But you've got to understand, the one thing, the Romans, the one thing the emperors of Rome, particularly the wicked ones, could not stand about Christians, is that they would do everything. They were good citizens. They were givers. They helped the poor. They kept the rules. They lived by society's rules of the Roman Empire. But there's one thing Christians would not bow their knee to, and that's what made the emperors so mad. Yes. Amen. It was that they would not call him God. That's right. Yes. Amen. That's right. And there were great uh, people that wrote apologetic letters to emperors, like uh, Mr. Martyr, Justin Martyr, wrote a great letter to the emperor at that time. And, and made a great argument. You put up with Socrates. You put up with Pluto. You put up with uh, wicked people in your administration to do all kinds of gross things to kids. And, and you honor them and let them have their religion. Why not let us have ours? I mean, he really made a great argument to the Romans. But the point was, you could be in an arena with a lion coming towards you. And the emperor saying, deny Jesus. Yes, come on. And come you'll on. live. Come on. Call me God and you'll live. But if you don't, you're dead. And many of them died that way. That's right. So a confession wasn't just, I'm confessing I'm healed. It wasn't just, I'm confessing, praise God, that I'm going to get a new car. But, but it, it, it was literally life or death. You are confessing. And it wasn't just the words. Confession was your life. Because confession means to acknowledge. When you acknowledge Jesus, Come on. you're confessing Jesus. In your everyday life. Come on. Amen. In other words, not just uh, you're, you're talking, but you're walking. Go on as we need some walking with our talking. Amen. Amen. So, having said that, Brother Blaine is not putting down the ministry and the teaching we have sometimes today. But you think about those, those souls. Your brothers and sisters, you're going to meet them in heaven someday. Yes. And I'm not usually this outspoken and call names, but we, we have the worst excuse for leaders in Washington I've ever seen. They will make a big deal in a news conference about some Muslim getting mad because they were offended in a restaurant. But say nothing about hundreds of Christians getting killed every day, thrown overboard on ships, beheaded, and our president does nothing. And somebody would have the nerve to call him a Christian. You're judging. I'm looking at fruit. Amen. I'm not stupid. Amen. I don't know his heart. I pray God he goes to heaven. I pray God he knows Jesus and gets there and his kids and his wife and all of them. I, I, I don't hate them people. But I'll tell you what right now, you will know them by their fruit. And God didn't call us to be dummies. Come on. Right. Right. Come on. We can be fruit inspectors. And if you do nothing to the defense of your brothers and sisters who are being slaughtered every day over there, nothing! Come on. I question if you know the Jesus I know. Mm. Okay. I've said. I've said. This ain't just Roman Nero and Diocletian Come and on. Hadrian. Come on. Come on. Aurelius. This is not just Roman 100 AD, 150 AD. We're talking the Middle East today. Come Your on. brothers and sisters are dying every yes, day because right. they confess that Jesus is Lord. Amen. And not Muhammad. Amen. Amen. Now, I got myself started, didn't I? I'm pretty wound up now. Now, 
God changed, listen now, we're going to get over to confession now, listen. God changed Abram's name before he had the kid. Yes. God said, you will no longer be Abram, but you will be <coughs> Abraham, which means the father of a multitude. Yes. So, Sarah, start calling him father of a multitude. <laughs> now, hey, let me talk to you a minute. That hot thing you've been running around with all these years, named Sarah, we're going to change her name to Sarah, which means princess. So now they're calling each other father of a multitude and princess. Now imagine them sitting at the coffee table and they got the window open on a beautiful spring morning and she's in there cooking his eggs, you know, and somebody walks along the sidewalk and hears them inside the house talking to each other. This old man and this old woman. Come on. And she says, what would you like for breakfast today, father of a multitude? Because <laughs> when you heard Abraham, that's what the, that's what his name meant. Oh, princess, how about two eggs over hard <laughs> and a little bit of bacon? Because we don't have a law yet. That was funny right there. That was funny as it could be. Moses ain't here yet. Whoever he is, and um, yeah, is that funny right there? That was funny. Wasn't it? All right, so let's have a little bacon with that too anyway. And people thought, you know that old Abraham? Abraham, I'm going to call him Abraham. He's done changed his name to Abraham. He claims God talked to him. He told him to call himself Abraham. I think he's out of his mind, to be honest with you. <laughs> Come on. You know, they tell me one thing, they still have a prescription for that. <laughs> now, come on, we're having fun here. But I think the old man's crazy because if he, if he thinks he's going to have a kid at that age, he's out of his mind. That old gray-haired woman running around with him. <laughs> so God doesn't deliberately make you look like a fool. Can I show you something? I knew I'd do it, Richard. I knew I'd do it to him. Look over chapter 40. Five of Psalms, forty-five Psalms. This ain't in. This wasn't on the scriptures I gave him. I've told him, and you know me, brother. I'll probably add one. So here I'm adding one. <laughs> Hallelujah. Chapter forty-five, verse one of Psalms says, "My heart is in dying a good matter." I speak of the things which I have made touching the king. My tongue is as the pen of a ready writer. Did you ever think about your tongue was like an ink pen that it writes things? Why would God have Abraham start Abram start calling himself Abraham even before they had kids? Because every time he heard that, and every time he called himself that. He was writing father of a multitude yes. on his heart. Yes. Amen. Amen. See, until you get it in your heart, for one thing, you probably won't get it. And secondly, if you ever get it in your heart, the devil can't steal it from you. No. And one way to write it in your heart is with your mouth. See, there are pretty women, beautiful girls, that are gorgeous, but some idiot dad 
or some stupid uncle that the dad allowed him to get away with it, called her names and put her down and made her feel like nothing when she was a little girl and she grew up with that complex thinking she was ugly or thinking you'll never amount to this and same thing with handsome young men. Oh, you're just as stupid as your old Uncle Claude. You'll never amount to anything. Well, there ain't no college would accept you anyway, you moron. I mean, they plant that in their minds and they get to thinking and they call themselves, I'm so dumb, I'm so stupid, I'll never amount to anything. Every time you say that, you're writing that in your heart. Come on. And your heart's like a magnet. It draws things. What you believe in your heart, you get. Come on. Come on. That's why, that's why Proverbs says to protect your heart with all diligence. Yes. That's why Proverbs and other scriptures say keep your heart with all diligence because out of it are the issues or the boundaries of life. However far you want your world to go, your heart will take you there. I'm not getting weird here. I'm showing you the Word of God. I'm just telling you, there's more to this than you think. My tongue. Everybody say, my tongue is as the pen of a ready writer. So I'm going to write good things. Say it. Now go back over to Romans. Chapter 4. Now it took me 15 minutes to introduce my sermon. I'm ready to start preaching now. Okay. Amen. Look at chapter 4. Verse 16. Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not only to that which is of the law, but also to that which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. You know, I just want to camp out here just a minute and preach you some good news. See the, the uh, requirements for receiving the blessing of God. The criteria. Everybody say criteria. The, the, the criteria, listen, isn't your IQ. Everybody said, thank God. Amen. It, it, it isn't whether you buy your clothes at, at uh, Macy's or if you get your clothes at, at, uh, at a, a Big Lots. It, it isn't uh, if you purchase your groceries, uh, you know, at, at Kroger or you go to Aldi. You know, it, it has nothing to do with the kind of car you drive, the kind of house you live in, Come the on. color of your skin, Come or on. anything else. That has nothing to do with your acceptance and eligibility to receive the blessings of God. Amen. Come on. Amen. The only criteria is listed in verse 16. It is of faith that it might be by grace, listen, to the end, the promise might be sugar to all see. <laughs> see, all of us start. Whether you get leftover clothes at Goodwill or whether you buy uh, 300 uh, your tennis shoes cost $300, you ain't going to get any more from God because you, you wear expensive clothes or because you do not wear expensive clothes. We all come in on an, evil, on, a, on an even playing field, which is faith in Jesus Christ. How many of you have faith in Jesus Christ tonight? Come on. Yeah. He's your Savior. Yeah. Well, then it says that it might be by grace. Amen. See, people try to separate grace from faith. What camp are you in? I'm in a faith camp. What camp are you in? I'm on a grace guy. Well, I'm both. Amen. I'm a grace guy and a faith guy. Because I never saw it anywhere in Scripture that, that they were at odds with one another. Come on. Some of the knuckleheads that preach it are. Yeah. Come on. 
some of the Word of Faith guys could learn some things from the Grace guys. I think they're a little upset because they ain't the new kid on the block anymore. Because their movement was 30 years ago. We're in the crest of the Grace movement right now. And I say thank God for Andrew Womack and Joe Sprintz. Amen. Oh my gosh. It's awesome. Amen. I don't agree with everything they say. Cows have enough sense to eat hay and spit out sticks. Why don't you do the same? What's wrong with you? I heard Joe the Prince say something I didn't agree with. I've never heard one preacher in my life I agreed with everything, but I didn't kick him out in the out under the truck because I didn't agree with everything I said. I learned from Baptist. I learned from denominational people that write books. Come on. I ain't going to read that because he don't speak in tongues. Well, you're a nut. <laughs> he might be a specialist and everything else he preaches kind of way, but that one area he's good at, learn from him. Come on. Amen. That's good. Come on, amen. Be so goofy. Like we're the one that judges somebody's preaching on the We're you gotta bring it up by me because I know everything. <laughs> like I said, you're a nut. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now he, he, he said it's this way because you understand. Abraham was about four thousand years ago. Uh Moses was about 3,300 years ago, and David was a thousand years was 3,000 years ago. Jesus was 2,000 years ago. You get, get, get the history of this. It started with Abraham about give or take two, about 4,000 years ago, and then it was 700 years until the law came under Moses, or to 400, 400, because it went up. Well, actually, by the time though all the Isaac and Jacob, yeah, it was more closer to 13, 1,400 years. Before Jesus was Moses. So this, what, whatever I'm pointing this out right here. Not only that which was of the law, 1400 years before Jesus, but also that which is of the faith of Abraham that was before the law. Yes. Yeah. And whereas it works for everybody. Yes. Whether you're under the law or not under the law. Yes. That's good. Now. Verse 17 there, Brother Blair. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God. Listen to what God does. Who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Yes. Yes. Now that's an attribute of God. God calls things that be not as though they were. Yes. Do we really want to do away with this? Do we really want to write big articles and put down the preaching of faith? I mean, I've seen guys that mocked it, made fun of the faith message until they got sick. I've seen guys make fun of it until, until one of their kids was on drugs. Or some tragic thing happened, and you ought to hear him pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, we take authority over this right. Oh, you were making fun of those guys that take authority over things just a week ago. Yeah. You changed your tune. I know the people.
people get weird. I know there's goofy people that take a message and totally run it in the ground and get goofy and add stuff that ain't there. But let's stick with the Word. So far, I think I've scored 100. I said a thing to you that wasn't the Word. Okay? The Word says that God quickens the dead. Quickens an old word for gives life. He gives life to the dead and He also calls those things which aren't there as though they were. Yes. And you know what? Abraham started copying him. You know, we start acting like people you run with. Come on. That's good. See, you hang out with devils all the time, you'll be acting like the devil. <laughs> you run around with complainers. First of all, you need to tell them to shut up. <laughs> well, that wouldn't be nice. Well, it's not nice if they drag you down all the time either. Tell them to shut up. <laughs> you just deny reality. No, I'm not. Let's talk about reality. But once we're done talking about reality, quit talking about it the next eight hours. <laughs> Come on, God. So you know, God, you know, God, God will rub off on you. Did you know God will rub off on you? Oh, oh, Enoch says he walked with God and was not because God took him. Yes. He 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 kept running around with God. He just run around with God all the time. Hook hook and run with God. Just walking with God. And one one day they they was closer to God's house. Listen. Than than they were Enoch's. And, and the Lord said, "It's the way back to your house. Why don't you just come up to my house? Spend the night." He got up there. It was a trick. <laughs> There's no night up there. He's been waiting for night ever since he got there. God just took him on to heaven. He's been up there. <laughs> See, you get running around with God. He'll just have you. He'll have you over for 5,000 years. <laughs> I'm just making this up as I go, Carver. I'm sure having fun tonight, though. <laughs> So, you know, God started hanging out with Abraham. And Abraham noticed that God was one of these guys that called things like they were there before you could see them. So, once again, because of his name, <laughs> he had him confessing it. Now, look at verse 18. Talking about Abraham, who against hope, believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations... According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Mm. See, here's where people get weird about confessing healing. <laughs> they accuse us of being Christian scientists. Are oh, you just denying sickness? No way. What, here's the difference in Christian science and what I'm preaching. Christian scientists says, my head really hurts, but it ain't hurting. <laughs> they asked the guy is your dad a Christian science asked another Christian science guy does your dad still think he's sick he said no he thinks he's dead now <laughs> that was funny as it could be that'll hit you about 1 o'clock in the morning you'll, you'll laugh a lot at that, that that's funny right there I don't care who you are that's funny see it's not just mind over matter <laughs> Abraham wasn't saying, they don't have a prescription yet. 
doing that. All he held on to was, so shall thy Yes. He had it written in his poem, probably. He he had on he had a hat made that said, So shall thy seed. He just every every day. So what I see, that's the difference in Christian science and what I preach. Christian science just says, Well, it I'm just denying it. And if I think that long enough, it'll it'll go away. No, there's no grounds for that. It's stupid, and you'll probably die. Okay, the word of God is the difference. Amen. When you get a word from God, yes. Oh, some of you know what I'm talking about. Come on. You prayed and you knew you made connection. Hallelujah. And you got a promise in God's Word you're standing on. And I'm telling you what, you got up and you got this crazy grin on your face. And people think you're nuts. I happen to know what he's going through, but look at it. He's acting like nothing's wrong. Well, he made connection. I might not see it manifested yet, but hallelujah, I've made connection and I've got a Bible verse. Hallelujah. I'm standing on the Word of God. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm only moved by what I believe. Hallelujah. And I believe the Word of God and it'll change the way it looks. The door might be open, but probably not. Then he gets a little specific. It's kind of funny. I was supposed to get this is kind of a this this verse is kind of one of those verses that you would only discuss with your doctor. <laughs> it's right here in the Bible. Look at verse 19. And be not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. <laughs> now, now we're all adults here, okay? He was still walking around, wasn't he? <laughs> so it didn't mean he was dead. It was just part of his body that was. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm just having fun with you here tonight. It's the Word of God. He was unable to have children. And you know, let me just talk a little bit about this. We make a big deal out of Abraham like he's some perfect guy. Well, they had this babe to live with them. <laughs> Named Hagar. Yes. And she must have been pretty hot to try. And he got a little impatient. And he decided that maybe he and Hagar would... <clears throat> well, you know what they did. <clears throat> Fourteen years early. And along came a guy named Ishmael. Yes. And from Ishmael comes the Arab, <coughs> much of the Muslim nations are descendants yes. of Ishmael. Yes. And go read, make a note of this while you're spare time, just go read the allegory that's written in Galatians 4. Paul goes into great detail describing the difference and Ishmael and Isaac, that one represented the flesh. Uh-huh, we're going to help out God here. Come here, Hagar. Looking good tonight. What cologne is that? He helped out God, and along came these Ishmaelites. Fourteen years later, God kept His promise to Abraham, and Isaac came along. Isaac represented the Spirit yes. and the promise. Yes. Why do those nations around that side of the Mediterranean Sea yes. hate that little tract of land yes. called Israel. Because right. one represents Isaac 
and the others represent Ishmael. And Paul said the flesh would never get along with the spirit. And the spirit would never get along with the flesh. And one is at odds with the other constantly. And they're going to hate them Israelites until Jesus comes. And we can bring that into our spiritual lives. You know as well as I do that the spirit is willing many times. But the flesh is weak. Come on, amen. We want to do right, but the but the, but the flesh wants to dominate. See, there's all can you read the fourth chapter of Galatians, that allegory of the spirit and, and, and the flesh. The flesh versus the spirit. Yes. So Abraham finally came through here. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Well, they got a little specific that way. These people can't do this. Who all knows we serve a God? Yes. And when things look impossible, Come on. there's no hope left. There's always hope in God. Come on, amen. amen. Because He's able to change it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I think I'll say that in R.W. Shambach, and I might get a little better response. Out. Shout amen, somebody! When God has said it, amen. I, I want you to know tonight that it's going to be and you get healed, then the medicine will make you sick. That's right. Mm -hmm. Ain't gonna tell nobody to throw away the medicine. People got all inspired. I remember there was this kid that came to one of our meetings. He's about 18 years old. And came down to one of my Jesus rallies when I was a young boy preaching. And he got all inspired that night. He threw away his glasses. <laughs> well, the next day he's going, he's blind as a bat almost. See, that's presumption. That's not faith. That's right. But but you but you you can apply it. You can say you know this 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 thing. My leg still hurts, but I've done had laid hands on me. They prayed for me, and I'm standing in faith. And I'm not considering my own body. In the name of Jesus, I'm healed. Amen. Amen. See, that's not denying the pain. That's just confessing that you're healed because the word says you are. Amen. 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 He considered not his own body. Strong in faith. Giving glory to God. Somebody say amen. Amen. Is that a good word? Amen. Look at verse 21. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to perform. See, that's that's why I always tell people, and I'm going to reiterate a little bit. I think I said this the first night. It's kind of funny. But you know, you ask people, what, what do you believe in? I'm believing God. What did he say? I don't know. I'm just blaming <laughs> Well, see, before faith can be exercised, you have to have a word from the Lord. That's right. And you can, 
If you don't know any Bible and you just kind of throw yourself on the mercy of God, God, I don't know much about you. I sure don't know much about your book, but here I am, fix it. I mean, God's merciful. He'll do that. He, 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 he ain't saying you've got to be a Bible scholar to get something. But as you mature in the Lord, folks, it's great to have a Bible verse Amen. to stand on. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, glory to God. Let's turn over to Mark. Mark's gospel. While I go a watering hole. And uh, I'll empty that other one before it's over. All right, Vicki? Sure. Yeah. Amen. Now, I want you to look at a verse here. Verse 23. <laughs> Mark eleven twenty three. This verse has upset preachers more than I think it has the devil. I know preachers, I've known some guys preach, I can tell by how they preached and what they said, that they wish this wasn't in there. Because it will do away with dependency. See, there's a reason our government wants to let people in illegally. Because they want to make it impossible for a, the other party to get elected for the next hundred years. Because they give them freebies, they let them in illegally, and you know who they're going to vote for. Well, see, there's a mentality in Christendom I don't want you to be independent. Because if you get too independent, then you won't be dependent on me. And that's going to do away with my power. I can have you over and eat corn and cob, but you'll be hungry tomorrow. If I teach you how to plant corn, I won't have to have you over anymore. <laughs> one thing I believe in, one thing that's blessed me more than anything else, I tell you, I'm excited about this was that I don't have to be a doormat. Amen. I, do not, I don't have to get a hold of old Robert's prayer room to get an answer every night. I don't even have to pray, get a hold of the prayer chain. No, no prayer chains. I don't, no misunderstanding. But, but honestly, we, we've become so line, you know, like a food line. How about a prayer line? You know, well, come get it from Superman because you sure can't get it yourself, you wretch. Come see here all nine gifts from the big gospel tent. Superman's in town. If you're going to get healed, you better get him to pray for you because you know you can't pray for yourself. Well, you're too, you're too sick to work. You really aren't, but you think you are. So we'll just send you a check. Just remember us each election. Well, there's preachers that almost, if you start preaching the authority of the believer, they look at you like you're nuts. And they don't want their people to get that free. Because we want them to come to me. I'm Superman. I, I, I get my prayers answered, but not you. <laughs> it's true of the government. It's true of the church. Now, not every time. Brother Bowman, you, you, you ain't ever had a prayer line? Me and Bill Lowell got laid hands on about 85 people one morning. Last time I was up there on Sunday morning. The Holy Ghost told me a month before I came there to preach on healing. And we had a healing meeting that went to about 1.30. 
Yes, I believe in prayer lines. Jesus said, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I've laid hands on a lot of people and prayed for them. I've seen some things happen too. But my point is this. We can get out of babyhood where we're always depending on somebody else to do our praying for us. Come on. And the one verse that promotes that more than anything else is Mark 11, 23. And 24. Now that I've given my introduction, I will read it to you. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Now if you're an underliner like Vicky, underline the three times that God says something about saying. Jesus said, Whosoever shall say, and then look over at the end of the verse, that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Now look in the middle of the verse, but shall believe. The word believe is in that verse one time. The word say is in there three times. Now most of us have pretty well conquered the believe part. But we've got a long way to go when it comes to saying part. You know, I just thought I'd point, point that out, that, 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 that say was in there. Uh, there's nothing about prayer in that verse. I wrote a song a few years back called Pray It, Say It. Kind of a Calypso style, kind of a Caribbean style song. Had, had Tiffany do it. Sometimes you pray it. Sometimes you say it. Mark 11, 23 and 11, 24, he's in Sometimes you pray Now verse 24 talks about prayer. Therefore I say to you, what things ever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Now we got some people that have mastered prayer. They got a good prayer life. They talk to God over there. They got a big prayer list. They, they, they pray. But when it comes to confessing God's word and, and confessing what Jesus did, and they're pitiful. Well, you know, times are hard. I mean, they, they just came out of the prayer closet for an hour and a half, and the first thing they say, you know, the price of gas is really high. Ain't it? Well, I tell you what, we don't get out much anymore. Because, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough time, but all this unbelief and doubt coming out their mouth. <laughs> you know, that stuff's going around. I guess I'll be the first one to get it. <laughs> is your prayer life ever rubbing off on you at all? You've been in there an hour and a half and come out talking that junk. What's wrong with you? Then, on the other hand, there's people that got the confession part and never pray. They just blab it and grab it all the time. Brother Blake, you want them name it claimants? Well, kind of no, yes, yes, no. If he named it, I claim it. Where I get in troubles, if I start naming too much, it's very easy to get over the flesh. But as long as I know he named it, yeah, I'm a, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a he named it, I claim it guy. I don't like it, we claim. Okay, let's go rip the sixth chapter of 1 Timothy out of our Bibles. Paul said, lay hold on eternal life. Yes. Claim it. 
You don't just drop on you. You've got to reach out there and get it. Come on, amen. Amen. Now look at verse 24. Let's, I'm, you're going to have fun here. Everybody just have fun with me. I got 18 more minutes. Verse 24. Now, you all know as well as I do, I hope you do, that, that the, uh, the periods, the commas, the punctuation, I'm sure that our pastor who has earned a doctorate will say amen to this, but, you know, they added the punctuation for us. Mm -hmm. That's right. And uh, most time they did a fine job. But if I take out a comma, I ain't tampering with Scripture because it wasn't ever there anyway yeah, right. in the original Greek. Watch what happens when you take the first comma out. Excuse me, uh, the second comma. After the word desire, you take that comma out. Now here's, here's how it reads it in King James. You're looking at it up there. Therefore I say to you, comma, what things ever you desire, comma, when you pray... When, when you pray, comma, believe that you shall but believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Now, that's good. That's good. But if you take that first comma out, look how it says it. Therefore I say to you, what though what things serve you desire when you pray? Excuse me, I said that wrong while ago. I messed that up. Re, re, rewind that tape. We're going to take out the comma after pray. Okay? We're going to take out the comma after pray. Watch. What things have you desire? When you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. That seems to be the better rendering. And I'm no Greek scholar. Maybe a Greek scholar would just chew me out for what I just did. But you take that comma out after pray. It says... When you pray, believe that you receive it. You don't believe you receive it when you see it. You believe you receive it when you pray. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying? So that once, once again, I, I used to preach a sermon called What to Do Between Amen and I Got It. <laughs> Listen to that again. What to do between Amen and I Got It. Well, what are you going to do between Amen and I Got It? We're going to believe that we receive I believe I receive. I don't see it. I don't have to see it. I believe I receive it when I pray. When did you believe? I believe when I prayed. Come on. That's good. Anybody can believe it once you see it. It takes faith to believe you got it before you see it. Amen. So, now, I want to go back to verse 22. I have a few more things to say out of Mark 11. Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. Now, the Greek language here, and you can look it up in the lexicons and things like that and see that I'm right. There's another rendering for this in the Greek that, that I don't know why they didn't put it in this way. Have the faith of God. Mm. Have the faith of God. Yes. In other words, you can operate in faith the way God you mean that God acts in faith? We preached that last week. Jesus' faith. I live by the faith of the Son of God. Come on, amen. Mm -hmm. And Hebrews says the worlds were framed. It said by faith the worlds were framed out by the Word of God. God created the world by faith. Mm -hmm. So everybody say, have the faith of God. Let's say, 
Have the faith of God. Well now, look at verse 23. Brother Bowman, now you know that this doesn't mean everybody can do this. This is only for select spiritual people who go on 21 day fasts. <laughs> Special chosen ones, leaders in the church. Never poor little old me. Okay. So he didn't mean whosoever. Look at verse 23. For whosoever shall say unto this mountain. Okay. Well, if that's your logic, let's take it over to John 3.16. For God so loved the world that gave his only begotten son, that only certain ones. Well, if Jesus had, I'm about to preach real good. If Je the words in red, say words in red. Come on, say words in red. If Jesus said whosoever in John 3.16, and then he said whosoever in Mark 11.23, it's the same feller talking. Hallelujah. And if he meant whosoever could get saved in John 3.16, he means any one of us can do what he said we're to do. Come on. Move back. Now, I want you to see something that happened before this. That's why I told Brother Blair, we're going to start at 12. Go back to 12. And we're going to bring you back up to 23. Watch this little story. And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. <clears throat> the Lord revealed to me why he was hungry. Because he was hungry. That's the man side of Jesus, okay? One, one time he took a took a nap in a lake, and God revealed to me why he took a nap. Because he was tired, okay? <laughs> Look at verse 13. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came if happily he might find anything thereon. You know that happily thing after church? You're hoping Applebee's is still open. And when it's still open, you're happily. You don't know what I'm talking about. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it. People think you're nuts when you talk to it. When's the last time you spoke to an it? Some of you go months and never talk to it. Come on. You need to talk to your flowers. Talk to your lawn. Tell them moles to get out in the name of Jesus. Blow them up with firecrackers or something. Just shoot 22s into the ground. I don't know. Have fun. But whatever. That's what I do. I live in the country. Okay. He said to it. Now, you notice the disciples didn't say, look over there. He's done lost his mind. He's, he's talking to a tree, Pete. No. They must have been used to him speaking to it's. It was just like an everyday occurrence with Jesus. He's talking to something all the time. Sometimes it's palsy. Somebody lift your hands and praise it. Sometimes it's blindness and get out. Sometimes it's a devil and some little kid laying on the ground wallowing in his own vomit. And my prayer, they were used to talking to stuff. That's right. That's right. 
And he answered it. Now what? Everybody say answer. I want to camp out here while God helped me for 11 minutes. Hmm. How are you answering your life? Come on. How, how, how do you answer your bank account? Come on. Come on. Come on. You go to work. Nobody said you that. You didn't have to work. But I know people work 20 hours a week and still don't have enough money. The devil's robbing them all the time. So you need to talk to your bank account. You need to talk to your body. You need to talk. You know, I, I sometimes know the guys want to go, no, you're getting off your hind end. You're going out and chopping wood. You hear me, you big overweight outfit. And you're eating oatmeal for three days in a row. You hear me? No, you're not getting a waffle at Waffle House. You're not putting three teaspoons. You're putting a half a teaspoon of sugar in a day. Do you hear me? Sound like giant. Talk to it. Yeah, that's right. Come on. Talk to your marriage. It's on your wife. It would be nice. But talk. Talk. See, he answered. See, your life, your body, your circumstances, your relation, your job is talking to you all the time. Didn't you notice? He answered it. The tree was saying something. And he answered it. Yes. How are you answering it? We're all going now. Well, don't answer it that way. <laughs> Look what he said. No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. Listen, and his disciples heard it. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was going to talk to a tree, I'd probably whisper. Especially if somebody's around. Because that way, if it don't work, I don't look like an idiot. <laughs> but the Bible said he spoke to you. And the disciples heard him say it. Right. And they came to Jerusalem. He goes in, cleans out the church. Look here. Went into the temple, began to cast out them that sold, and bought the temple over, overthrew the tables of money changers, seats of them sold doves, did not suffer any, any man pass any vessel through the temple. And he taught, saying, My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer, but you made it into these. Scribes and chief priests heard and saw how they might destroy him, for they feared him because all the people started his doctrine. Listen, and when even was come, he went out of the city. Yes. They, they had some hotel rooms out there, at Motel 6, and they, were, they just left the city to go out there and stay outside. Everybody say, in the morning. Look at verse 20. In the morning. What's what your neighbor say? In the morning. Well, now, we don't know if he spoke to the tree yesterday in the morning or if it was 3 in the afternoon, but we do know that it was a Friday at 18 to 24 hours ago he spoke to the tree. Yes. On his way into town, then they come back out and spend the night. Then in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Yes. <laughs> Verse 21. And Forrest Gump Peter, I'm not smart, Jenny, but I do know about love. <laughs> and Peter, calling to remember, said, Jesus, Master, behold the tree that you cursed. Pete got excited 24 hours late. Come on. 
Yes. Yes. Did you notice it wasn't Jesus that said, hey boys, come here. Come on, wife on you. Quit doing that. Get on. I want you to do something. Remember yesterday I spoke to that tree? Look there, boys, it worked. Jesus didn't even say a word about it. Mm-hmm. He had said all he was going to say yesterday. Mm-hmm. That's right. I want to say something to you that's real, could be taken as hyper faith, but it's really not. It's okay to get excited when you see the answer come. I mean, I never will at all. But, you know, a guy that's really in faith, he don't do cartwheels when the answer even comes. Because he saw it yesterday. <laughs> he saw it when he spoke to it. He saw it with the eye of faith. He saw it withered yesterday when he spoke to it. He was just going to walk on past it. It was Peter that said, Oh, Lord, look, look, look here. Here. So Jesus took this opportunity and look what he said in verse 22. Jesus answered and saith unto them, Have the faith of God. For whosoever, at 825, for whosoever shall... Did you notice? He didn't say, Do not try this at home. (laughs) This is a deity trick. Only me and... Holy Ghost and Father can do this kind of stuff. But whenever you have a need, just come to me. Because here I come to save the day. I'll be glad to fix it for you. Anytime you come running to me. Because you know, after all, I'm Jesus. And you're just the 12 goofy disciples. <laughs> Did you notice he didn't sing, but don't try this at home. He, he got real, real bold about it. And he said, well, actually, whosoever shall say to this mountain, yeah. In other words, this doesn't just work on fig tree. Come on, Emma Creek. This works on cancer sales. Come on. Come on. This works on leukemia. Come on. This works on asthma. Yes. This works on, on drug addicted yes. children. This thing works. Come on. And he's saying, You can do this. You can. Now, he didn't mean, let me take this clear, okay? He didn't mean. A literal mountain. There must have been a mountain with, with, within view. And I, I can just imagine him preaching. He looks over and says, you can say to this mountain, be like the mountain. Now, now, God doesn't want you to go to Gatlinburg. I'm sure when Angie went to Gatlinburg the other day that, that she wasn't out on the side of the road. I'm going to try this, girls. <laughs> That's a big and old girl. Let's talk at it. <laughs> No, they'd be hauling Angie away in a little truck, wouldn't they? <laughs> a special little outfit. A straight jacket or something. You know, if you're out on the side of the road speaking to Appalachian Mountains, you're probably nuts, okay? But no, what, what he means is those obstacles. Come on. Yes. I, I tell you, God showed me one day. Agrippa uh, was talking to Apostle Paul in Acts 26, and he said. Paul, you almost persuade me to be a Christian. Yes. And that word almost. Mm. I ain't preached it yet, but I'm going to preach a whole, mm. a whole sermon called almost. Mm. Almost ain't good enough. That's and right. one day I got so mad. I was driving up the road, and, and I said, Lord, I am so tired of almost in my life. Yes. 
Amen. Not that I'm not grateful for 86% or 94% or 99%, but I want some time to go over the top. Amen. I am so tired of almost getting there, almost having enough, almost getting my answer. Oh, I'm tired. I'm declaring war on almost. Amen. You're the ones got to do it. Hallelujah. Am I preaching? A couple little points here before I I'm closing. Don't mean nothing when I close it. Y'all know that. But why did... First of all, something you need to write this down. God didn't put the mountain there or He, or he wouldn't ask you to excavate it. Come on. You know, well, God, you put this here, so why in the world would I remove it? No, Jesus seems to just be bold about stuff like that, you know. Oh, by the way, let me throw a little, little this is a Joseph Prince, by the way. Why did he curse the fig tree? Well, because he didn't have anything to eat, but why did he, why, he could have picked on other trees. Why did he pick on fig tree? Remember Adam and Eve covered themselves with it represented our own righteousness, our own ability to cover our sin. God doesn't like that. The only thing He wants to cover your sin is the blood of Jesus. Come on, Amen. Is that good? I just thought that's good. At eight twenty-nine, we're under grace. That means I go to church too. Hey, I'm almost done. I got to tell you this. So. You gotta realize God didn't put it there, or He wouldn't ask you to move it. Okay. Secondly, you gotta get mad at it. There you go. Mm. That's right. Yeah. This guy had a big old dog. The other guy had a little little, little bitty dog. He's about to get in a fight. He said, "My little dog can whip your big dog." He said, "No, he can't." He said, "Yes, he can." Because my little dog lives, man. <laughs> you ever know little dogs just, just they're just jumping all over running up <laughs> it takes a big dog 10 minutes in the fight to, to, to decide to start fighting but that little dog comes in fighting you need to be like that little dog devil you ain't doing this to me come on so getting mad is one of my points. Yeah. Another one is, this is my last one. There's something behind that mountain the devil does not want you to see. Oh, my. A few years ago, I've been able to take some cruises with some folks from the church here, and some friends. A few years back, we went over to the other side of Mexico and went down to Mazatlan. Cabo San Lucas took, took a vacation. Well, one day, I think it was in Cabo San Lucas, my uh, nephew, Anthony Wade, and my kids, a bunch of them, wanted to go parasailing. Now, I, I've never been parasailing. So we all get in line and we're on the beach. and You know, that's, that's where they pull you with a boat and you go up in that glider and all that. Well, they all got in line and Luke gets in. He got up pretty high. A nice old flight. Tiffany was so light. She weighs about 
120 pounds soaking wet. She, she looked like a little bird up there. Just couldn't hardly see her. Well, Nep, my nephew Anthony's a pretty big boy. Ain't, ain't as big as me, but he's a big boy. And after he drained about half the Pacific Ocean, they had a tsunami the next day in India because of the wave he made. I'm just kidding. I'm making this up. But, you know, they finally got him airborne. Well, being the oldest guy, I just waited in line. I was, I was the last guy, Vicky. So I'm standing there in a bathing suit. And, and this little Mexican guy about this tall, I'll never forget, he, he looks me over, he goes, you two have a senor. I just did a Jake. You know, Jake <laughs> so I wanted to make his head the top of a post and just drill him right into the sand. But since I'm a Holy Ghost preacher, I didn't. So I didn't get to go. I finally, a couple years later, got to go one another and let me know. But uh, my kids said, Dad, from up there, there was a mountain over there. See, you could see over the mountain. You could see at the bottom of the ocean. You could see what was behind things, the top of the hotels. I mean, see, there's a blessing there. Ooh. Yes. But the devil put a mountain there when you were 12. He might have put it there when you were 25. Some attack. What I want you to know is, folks, usually when you preach this kind of a message, you end with everybody screaming and hollering and hurting the aisles, but I'm 8.33 and I am done. And I hope you get something out of this tonight. Yeah. God will take you up at youth camp at Elevate at a revival, a prophet meeting, a prayer line, when you're laying out on the floor speaking in tongues, he'll take you to mm. So you can see. Oh. That's why the devil did that to me. Oh, I've seen people just laying on the floor for an hour and a half, God talking to them. They're seeing things they didn't see before. They're in the spirit. And it's real. But then when they come back to earth, it's kind of like, no wonder the devil did that to me. He's been trying all my life to keep me from getting over that mountain. But we're about to move it. Come on. Come on. Somebody shout. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand.